lot of them are getting ready uh, for the year, but a lot of them were where we were 12 to 18 months ago with just a few kids in their youth ministry. And I have a desire just to see those guys encouraged, eh? Because we know that if you don't stop, you win, amen? Because we know that God has a plan. So anyway, what I did is on the way home, I asked these young men to come and uh, share a little something with us this morning. And uh, the first person up is a great young man by the name of Christian Baker. So the first in his household to be saved. So let's give him a hand as he, as he comes. And uh, you stand up here, young man. So this young man, when he grows up, tell them what you want to become. A pastor. <laughs> He's got the right mentor, amen, hello. <laughs> so uh, we'll see how it makes it happen. So this man is a preacher. He wrote his notes in my office this morning because he forgot, but that's okay because he's here. So let's uh, give him lots of encouragement. These guys aren't used to standing in front of you all. I'm used to your smiles, but give them big smiles, lots of nods and amen because they're here for God, amen. So I've asked them all to talk about how, a minute about how that, what they got out of the week and then I asked them to talk about what their dreams might be for this year for themselves and for the youth ministry or for God. So uh, I hope you did that. <laughs> okay. Hey, everyone. Uh, it's good to see everyone's faces again, especially those that have been on holidays. It's good to see you come back. Uh, no, it's not so good seeing my face, uh, you know. If, but hey, if, if my parents can bear it for 17 years, you can bear it for a few minutes. Um, <laughs> So uh, as Charles said, we went on the National uh, Youth Leaders Retreat, I think that's the name, um, for about four days, was it? Three, four days? And uh, yeah, it was, it was very spiritual, that whole thing. And uh, one thing that I got out of it, it was, a, um, it was, a highlight, was definitely a highlight of my time, was um, getting baptized by the Holy Spirit. Uh, anyone, that, anyone that knows me, <laughs> anyone that knows me knows that I haven't uh, been yet. But I've always wanted to, and um, it was really scary. <laughs> so uh, we all got up uh, to an altar call, and we all raised our arms in surrender to uh, Jesus. And then they spoke about being baptized by the Holy Spirit. And I was really excited. I was also really nervous. And then I kind of peek my eye open and look to my right, and boom, one guy falls down. And I'm like, okay, my natural human instinct is to be concerned for this man that has just fallen down. And then I kind of peek my left eye and two more. So now my natural human instinct is kind of surrender back to my seat and sit down. But um, something just came over me and told me to stand there and not let anything get in the way of that. And I, I do believe it was God telling me to just stand there. And someone came and preached over me and soon my legs started to wobble and <laughs> and I hit my head on someone's shoe. That wasn't fun, but <laughs> no, it was, it was definitely a weird experience, but a great experience because as soon as I stand up, I was just overcome with a joy, a happiness, a giddy excitement that just left me going, I just got baptized. Um, but yeah, that was amazing. And uh, the overall theme of the week was I had a dream, as in had with a D. Uh, it was about having a dream, but then losing it with God. But I'm not here to tell you about a dream that I had. I'm, about to, I'm here to tell you about a dream that I have. One for the church, one for the youth, one for everyone, the community. Um, it's a dream that tells me this new building we move into is going to be nothing short of a miracle maker and a blessing on all of us. Uh, a dream that says the church and all its ministries will continue to grow, not only the youth, but the young adults' ministry and everything in between. But not only in numbers, when I say growth, I also mean we continue to grow in faith as well. We continue to grow as people and we continue to grow as a family in the church. This dream would see us all entering in a deeper relationship with God as well, just finding Him and following His Word and walking with Him. Um, that's basically my dream for us. Thank you. Well done, buddy. Awesome. This next one up is uh, quite a nervous young man, but come up here, Samuel. Let's give Sammy 
This is Samuel. Samuel comes in on a Tuesday uh, to our church uh, with work experience slash um, he's the intern's intern. He's the man. Uh, so he's very, very talented with graphic arts, but he has a genuine, genuine heart. And that's what I love about him. He'll talk to anybody. He'll make anybody feel welcome. I've seen him with his friends. And, and what he has, what you have an ability to do is engage people for who they are. And it's an absolute blessing, man. And God's going to use that in your life because you don't judge people. You just love people. And that's what the Bible says to do. So he is the brother of Geordie, but he is his own man. And he is Samuel Wakeland. So let's give him a hand. All right, guys. So as Charles introduced me, I am the brother of Jordan Wakeland, who will become my boss this year, sadly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I got the chance to go on an amazing 10-hour road trip with Charles, Ethan, Christian, Joshua Bean, and Gino, and Anne-Marie. Can't forget you. Um, on the way, like um, Charles said, we were told to um, talk about what we have for the future, but also what I got out of the experience. And I just want to touch on one of the young youth pastors, Mason Hudson, I think from Canberra. And he was saying that you've got to give all to God. You can't bargain, sorry, bargain, bargain with him. You've got to, um, you know, just you can't say, I'll do this for you, but then I'll keep this for myself. And I just want to bring up a... Um, Scripture in the Bible, in the book of John, chapter 3, verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now, upon reading the scripture, I thought what Mason was saying was that he gave all to us. Not only did he just give his Son, but his Son also gave his life for our sins. So I think that's what I really got out of this trip. Um, so I have a few dreams here, so I'm going to start with the church one, of course. So I, for the church, I have um, a dream that when we move into our new building, not only will it actually, um, you know, change everything we know about this building, of course, um, but also that it will bring thousands of people and just change their lives and their world entirely like this church has mine. So also in um, 2016, I also have a dream for the youth of this church that the amazing young hooligans will grow and grow closer to the Holy Spirit and our Heavenly Father and that also their lives and worlds changed around them like me. Also, my personal dream is that my life so far is only just a taste of what's to come in my journey with the people that I love around me, but also the journey to what's to come with the Holy Spirit and my relationship to God. And I just want to end with another Bible scripture um, from the book of Luke chapter 10, verse 27. Love the Lord with all your God. So love, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. Thank you. God bless. Fantastic. Get Ethan Lees to come up next. Ethan is my tall friend. Do you know that when he first started coming to this church, I was taller than him, and my voice was also deeper than yours. But uh, both those things have changed drastically. Uh, but he's also a mighty man of God, um, loves God, loves people, loves music. And um, I believe God's going to use you in that area, man. So you just keep striving for him. I was really proud of all these guys this week because it was an atmosphere that they don't sit in that often. But all of them were, were just submitted to seeing God do something in their lives. So it was awesome. Let's give a hand for Ethan. Good morning. All right. So, you know, same as everyone else, one of our, my favorite uh, sections of the past week was uh, a certain session that we did uh, with, I don't know, I can't remember his name, but <laughs> he was teaching us how to be effective leaders and effective, yeah, people. And uh, 
yeah, just I loved how he was in like, showing us how we can integrate this into our own lives, making it easy for us to comprehend it, I suppose. And uh, he goes about, you know, the, our priorities uh, for ministry as such need to be leadership development because, say, you know, all our leaders die off, just unfortunately. <laughs> then there's... No, then there's not going to be anyone here. That's the point. There's not going to be anyone. So we need to keep developing us so we can keep going on. It's simple. Well, yeah. And then... <laughs> he also talked about how you build an effective leadership team, uh, which you know, involves increasing your capacity to praise and worship and increasing your capacity to, uh, you know, train uh, and everything. And so for, to train people, you had to show them initially, show someone how to do it, then you do it with them, then you let them teach you how to do it again. I went, yeah, that's cool because you learn 90% of what you teach other people or something. I don't know. I don't listen in school. <laughs> and then you let them do it by yourself. Uh, Again, dreams, which has been a common theme. Personally, <laughs> I would like to become a, an effective person. Not only an effective leader, but effective within the community, within my school, within church, as you, I'm on band occasionally. And uh, one, one scripture verse is from 2 Peter 1, 5, which basically goes on about uh, how you become, can become productive and effective, which it says, for this reason, make every effort to add to your own faith goodness, and to your goodness, knowledge, and to your knowledge, self-control, and then perseverance, and godliness, and mutual affection, and love. And in, by doing these and increasing these measures, you will keep yourself from becoming ineffective and unproductive. And I love that, because it's easy, just love people. You should go and love yourself. <laughs> yeah, uh, also, a dream for the church. <laughs> uh, I'm part of the band, as I've said and Charles have said, and so I really would like to see the church team uh, grow and build uh, so that we can help facilitate not only praise and worship, but prepare the hearts of everyone for the message because they're just as important as each other. And... Uh, Throughout Genesis 48, we see the 12 tribes of Israel. And one of these tribes was the tribe of Judah, which was mainly musicians. And you can see that uh, when they were going to war, all the tribes were going to war, the musicians would be at the front. And this, I don't know why, but they'd boost the morale, and then Israel won every battle, pretty much. So, music's kind of important to me. <laughs> Yeah, so thank you, uh, hope you have a good day, and praise God. Awesome, and uh, last but not least, Bean, if you come up here, everyone, this is Josh. We have, a, we have a smaller youth ministry and multiple Joshes, so he's inherited the name Bean. So this is our Bean, and what, what's cool is, tell him what you do for a part-time job. Uh, I'm a barista. It's coffee Bean, hey, it's dope. That's right, I came up with that, so it's awesome. But this guy, has a, he's an evangelist. He, he has a passion to see people that don't know God uh, know God. And uh, he single-handedly has Im invited multiple people. He, he just goes after it. And a lot of them have come through um, our youth ministry. And even one close friend of his got saved earlier on uh, in this year. So this guy, he practices what he preaches, except when he says he's going to stay awake when he's helping me. He didn't do that. Otherwise, all good. How's it going? Um, so yeah, so over the past four days in Sydney, my biggest highlight would have to be when Pastor Mason Hudson gave his talk there. Mason is the senior youth pastor at Eternity Church in Canberra. Canberra. Uh, so Mason was talking about his favorite book, Acts, which from the three chapters that he read from, he would focus on uh, the point that people from the old church, they gave everything to God. They gave away everything they owned and valued to love God and to become a Christian. Now, that spoke to me personally as I was thinking to myself, how can I 
make a, become a better Christian and how much I should be sacrificing to have a strong relationship with God. And to be honest, I don't think I'm spending enough time with God to be that type of person. Now, um, unfortunately, Sammy has stolen my Bible verse. But that's, that's all right. Um, but as it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind and with all your strength. And I feel that I need to sacrifice so much more if I desire to have a stronger relationship with God. So during this gap year, I will be focusing on dedicating my time through prayer and through gaining knowledge with Bible study. I know that the first step to, be, uh, to building a stronger foundation with God is not only, will not only benefit my own personal relationship with God, but also benefit our youth ministry. And I have a dream this year that I will be strong enough, uh, I will have an, a strong enough relationship strong enough foundation that I'll be able to confidently teach the gospel to anyone that comes through our youth and hopefully excite them for what God can do for our youth and church as a whole. Awesome. Awesome. So why don't you guys quickly turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 12. So what is a dream? Dream was the theme of the week last week. Which is really cool is that I did not um, dictate a theme. Every individual speaker that came, actually, God was speaking to them and it had a thread through the whole week, which I love. So I want to talk to you guys about dreams this morning. So if I was to define what a dream is, a dream is a desire that is not yet a reality. So it's a desire that you have for something to manifest itself into a reality. So for example, when I was 17 years old, I was desperate to get my P's. Does anybody ever remember the desperation of wanting the independence of a license? I was at that place. Like I've said many times before, my girlfriend was my transport, which sounds cool these days, but back then it wasn't. Very cool. So my parents had a VN Commodore with 500,000 Ks on the clock that did not work, that sat in our driveway. And my dream was that I would somehow get that car to work. So I would sneak out as a young man and I would sit in that car and I would imagine what it would be like to drive around in this vehicle. Now here's the thing. I would drive around, I wouldn't think about the fact the air conditioner didn't work and I would be hot all the time. Or the fact that, check out the young man um, uh, way of dealing with things. The car had a leak, so tell me, do you fix the leak or do you drill a hole in the floor? I know, I drilled a hole in the floor so that I had somewhere to go. Because that was my mentality with this car. But my dream was to drive this car because I knew that it would give me a form of independence. So what happened is I had this vehicle and I had a desire, but it wasn't yet a reality. So what I did is I went to my to-be father-in-law. He wasn't at the time. He was just my girlfriend's father. And I said, hey, you're a mechanic. I have a vehicle. Would you help me get it to your workshop? we can't get it to turn on. So he towed it with a rope the whole way there. But the exciting thing was, is I knew that the next time I would see that car, it would work and I'd be able to take a hold of it. So I got the car about a week after my license and independence had begun. It was awesome. I had a desire, a dream, and it became a reality. I know that God gives us dreams, but I know he doesn't just give us dreams for them to stay dreams forever. They don't stay desires forever. God gives us dreams so that we can strive to make them a reality. Do you know, when I started um, having feelings for April, uh, I don't know why this is a conspiracy, but with young people, you actually have to ask a girl, will you be my girlfriend? For them to become your girlfriend, you don't just start courting. That's not the way it works. So I hadn't done this before. April is my one and only. Oh, no, isn't that amazing? I'm the man. I just knew what I had and never let it go. Locked it down as quick as I could. And um, so what had happened is we had started dating for about five or six weeks before it was brought to my attention that you actually had to ask her to be my girlfriend. I'm like, so what is a girlfriend? Well, you hang out, you go to movies. Like, we're doing all those things already. 
But then all of a sudden I was like, oh no, I had this desire. Wouldn't it be nice for April to be my girlfriend, this dream? But I thought I'd made it a reality, but I hadn't got there yet. So what did I do? I went and took a hold of it. I went up to her and I went, <laughs> and didn't do it, I fled. And then we went on a youth camp. And one rule my youth pastor had, there is no new relationships at camps. No new relationships. Do you know who asked April out for me? My youth pastor. I said, you got to do it, man. I can't get it done. <laughs> so he went. But the thing is, is that I had a desire. I had a dream. It was not yet a reality, but I wanted to take a hold of it. Do you know, this year the theme is, and our pastor will begin to bring vision around this in the next few weeks, is possessing his promises. Today I want to talk to you about that. So let's turn to Acts chapter 12. Give me a wave if you're already there. Fantastic. That's awesome. So a little bit of background just about this. We know that in Acts Uh, it's the birth of the church, you know, the Holy Spirit comes back after God's, uh, Jesus has gone to be in heaven, and there's a few things going on, but, but in chapter 12, a really evil guy by the name of King Herod has just killed James by the sword. And what happened is he killed, uh, this Christian, and all the Jews were like, yeah! So King Herod realized that he could get political gain out of killing Christians, So what does he do? He goes and finds another prominent man by the name of Peter. And he gets Peter arrested with the plan that he is going to kill him and then get more political gain from it. So that's where we pick it up. So Acts chapter 12, I'm going to read from verse 1 to verse 19. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of the unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. That's 16 guys. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping. Everybody say sleeping. We're going to talk about that later. Between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck, everybody say he struck. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said. And the the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel said to him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel to rescue me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. When he had, uh, where are we? Sorry. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked on the outer entrance and a servant named Rhonda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening the door, without opening it, and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they had, it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Almost there, two to go. Peter mentioned with his hand, um, hand for them to be quiet, so he motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. Tell James and the other brothers 
and sisters about this, he said, and left to go for another place. We'll stop there. Let's pray. Dear God, I just pray that you will speak through me this morning, Lord God. Lord God, I just pray that you just speak to the heart of everybody who is here today, Lord God, about the dreams that you give them can become a reality. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you're writing notes this morning, this is my first point. Find people to pray and believe for you and with you. See, it says this in chapter uh, 12, verse 5. It says, so Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. They were praying to God with passion. It says that they were earnestly praying. They were bunkered in. They were seeking God. They were praying. So many times you see in Scripture, in Jeremiah 29, 13, it talks about those who earnestly seek God. We know that it says in, and I'll read it to you in James 5, 16, it talks about the earnest prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. See, what happens is the church was praying with passion. Do you know, if you've got dreams in your life that you believe God has given you and you need to take a hold of, tell the people that are sitting around you right now. Because these same people can be the people that can pray and intercede and believe with you so that your dreams don't just stay as desires, but there's actually something that you can walk into. It says that they were earnestly praying for him. You know, results matter to me. I know that results are a big thing. I want God to do something in my life. And I want it to be manifest by the fruit of what comes out of my life. And I love that in the NLT version of James chapter 5, 16, it actually says the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So the earnest prayer of the church, the earnest prayer of the righteous, sanctified people in the church get wonderful results. So if you have a dream or a desire, why wouldn't you tell the people in your connect group? Why wouldn't this be a place to dream and let God put something in your spirit for yourself, for your community, for your family? And why not let's dream big, amen? Because the faith together, the faith as we believe produces wonderful results. You know, I don't ever want to go... Uh, to, to, a, to a place, and it's happened a few times, where you sit down at the table and you hear the words, this meal did not go as I planned. And you go, oh man, I remember once my mum made broccoli and orange peel soup. Great idea. Horrible idea. I come from an Italian household. It is the first time I have never seen my father finish a meal. But what had happened is the result was not that good. But see, there are many times when you sit down and you go, oh my gosh, this looks amazing. This looks the bomb. This tastes so good. I wish there was more. A wonderful result. I think we need to realize that as we begin to pray for one another, the manifestation of that by God's will and by his grace is a wonderful result. You know what a wonderful result looks like? There are people hurting in the universities at RMIT and at La Trobe, a wonderful result will be that when we get into those universities, we begin to reach people that are hurting and we see them restored to God and his purpose. Wonderful result. A wonderful result is when people come in to our church or, or into your life and, and they're suffering from illness and we pray and we see God heal them. A wonderful result. Do you know that that can happen in your home? It can happen in these services. It can happen on the street. Wonderful results come from what? Earnest prayer of righteous people. You can pray anywhere. But here's the thing. If you want your dream to become a reality, find those who pray and believe with you. Do you know that when we walked through Hope Tour last year, the big thing for me was that I felt such a covering. I felt such a covering in prayer. It was, it was tangible. I knew that walking into school, there was just going to be favor. Like, I think about it in hindsight. It was a wonderful result that some days we hit five schools 
and allowed a two-minute leeway for traffic between schools. We were never late to a school. We never missed a school. We made every single appointment we made, and it was flat out. It was 9 till 9.50. We knew that there was 20 minutes to get to a school, so we allowed for 22 minutes. We knew that the next session would start around 10 past. There'd be a teacher talking the first 10 minutes. We got there. It was a wonderful result that came through earnest prayer. Keep praying. Keep praying. Do you know that if we want to possess God's promises, we need others that will take hold of it with us in faith. Because to possess is to take hold, is to claim, is to make your own. And sometimes when you're walking in it, you need someone to grab a hold of it with you. I love watching AFL football when you see a player get the ball, but you don't see one person tackle them, but you see two. How much quicker do they go to the ground? Here's the thing, when God has something for your life, if you have somebody that is on the journey and praying for you, when you take hold of it, guess what? They take hold of it too. Do you know what? There's a prodigal that walks back in this building and they're unsure about being here and the mum and dad are excited about them being here. You know what? Get the word out to everybody. Let's take hold of them. Let's love them. Let's encourage them to be in the house because in the house, they're in the right community. Amen? Amen. You know, I, I used to go on placement, that covering of prayer. And every time, I still do this, whenever I am worried or whenever I am anxious about something where I've got to go on maybe a journey or a job interview, for me it used to be whenever I'd start uh, a new job or a new placement or a, a tricky patient, I would call my father in the morning on the way to work. Because I know that my dad is a man of God and I know that he is a prayer because I've heard him nearly every morning of my life praying while he drinks a coffee. So I know that he is a man of... So I would pray and I would say, Dad, I'm going into placement uh, today. There's a particular area and a particular thing that I just want you covering and your protection over. So he would pray. And then when I would walk out into that place, I knew that his covering was over me. And I knew that not, not my father's, but my heavenly father's covering was over me. And I would walk in and for some reason I would avoid the, 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 the rude examiners or, or the tough patients. Or if I ended up in that situation, I got given supernatural wind, wisdom that I know in hindsight I wouldn't have had. But the thing is, I had God's covering because my dream was, God, if you're calling me to help people in the health industry, I have a desire to be a nurse, but it was not yet a reality because I was a student. So I found someone to pray with me, to take a hold of that with me so that I could begin to walk and take hold of it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Do you have dreams? Give me a wave if you've got a dream. Tell somebody. Tell somebody. Get them to pray with you. Amen? We'll move on to our second point real quick because it is, it is getting late. The second point is this. God can do something in you and around you and you not even know it. If you have a look at this, it says, Peter followed him out of the prison. So let's have a look at Peter's dream in this situation. I'm in jail. I'm going to be killed. Wouldn't it be nice if I was not in jail, not going to be killed? He's got his dream. His desire, it's not a reality yet. Pretty simple. That's what it is. It's sort of on Ethan's level, isn't it? If everybody dies, I'm never going on a road trip with you again, ever. <laughs> wow, unless you're in the front seat with me. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. You see, God can be doing something in your situation and you're walking in faith, but not even realizing that God is bringing you into a season. He's making your dream a reality. But the key is that you have to walk. There would have been no freedom for Peter without obedience. Because you need to have obedience. You see, he walked out and he was like, I, I don't even know if this is a vision. I don't even know if this is really happening. But while he didn't know really what was going on, he still followed the angel. You see, you have to keep following. It says in Acts 12, 10 and 11, that when they walked the length of the street, the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and realized, do you know, in hindsight, I used to look at our building. And, you know, we will stop talking about this building because we're about to take a hold of it. 
So we're going to take a hold of something else. We're going to begin to dream for something bigger. Let's dream that we're in the building. Let's see it filled with first-time Christians. So what happened is I used to think, uh, you know, Pastor Nick said, hey, this is the plan. You'll come. Twelve months later, we'll be in a new building. It'll be, it was a great sales pitch. I'd been in a church that had been established over 50 years, youth ministry of 120. I thought, yeah, new building. Didn't tell me about Mill Park and about, hey, Charles, let's do set up and pack up every week, which I've never done before in my life. No clue how to do a sound man. Ben's waving at me. He was the man. He's the one that really made it happen, let's be honest. But hey, I was there. But what happened is to think about it. If we had moved into that new building on the time plan, we would have needed more volunteers every week than there were people in that church at that time. Would have been people on the door. It would have been people in the band. It would have been people in the car park. And it would have been no one in the seats. But we were serving in the house. But see, God knew what was going on. God, we were walking in something as a family. We were walking, not realizing that God was aligning situations for our benefit as a community. Because what happened is, in Mill Park, we learned to build teams. There was a real community development because we all had to get there early. We all had to pack up together. And and the culture of this church, I talked to other pastors. Do you know that we have over 50% of our church serving on a functioning roster in this house? That is amazing. Pastors, I go, that's just what we do. As a family, everybody pitches in. But but the thing is, is that it was all about God's timing because NMIT will open again in 2017. But isn't it funny how somehow for the period of time when we needed a building, this became available? Because God was doing something. But what we were doing is we were walking in faith. Here's the point. You don't need to know exactly what's going on all the time. Just keep dreaming and keep believing and keep walking in it. Because Peter was walking into his freedom without realizing that he was. He didn't realize until he sat into the place, he had taken a hold of it, and all of a sudden he comes to in the street. And he says, I'm free. God's got me to the place where I desired to be and I didn't even realize he had got me. We'll keep moving quickly. Dan, I might get you to jump on to the keys. I love reading scripture and when I read it, initially I am so confused. Has anybody ever done that? The ones that didn't raise, see no one raised their hand. Okay, so you guys get it all and it's just me. So that's fine. But I, I find that um, before I go away, like, for example, for the road trip with the lads and Lattes, if that, I don't know if that's a positive thing in England. It's horrible. And Amory. And um, I knew I had to drive 10 hours the next day, so I was slightly on edge about it. It wasn't that I, I was worried. It's just that it's a long drive and it's a lot to process and there's a lot on my mind. So the night before... I didn't sleep that well in anticipation of what I was about to do. So let's get this situation in mind. James has just been killed by the sword. Peter is in prison, asleep. He's going to die the next day. He is asleep. Now, what confused me even more was how it could be so comfortable. You see, in Acts chapter 5, Peter was in a common prison, just a normal thing. And he'd been delivered out of there by an angel. But this time, they didn't take any risks. He's in the deepest dungeon with 16 soldiers, one either side. And he's sitting in this situation. And I could see him thinking, you know, no, actually, he wouldn't be. I would have been thinking, how am I going to get out of this? How, God, I, I I can't see anything happening. But yet you know he's a man of faith because he is asleep. He's asleep. Thinking I would not be asleep knowing the next day I could be killed. But let's go even further. He's not in just any old sleep. He's in a deep, deep sleep. Because it says that when the angel come in the room, it shone brightly. 
And then it says, I'd have to strike him to wake him up. I remember a few years ago, we were at History Makers and I thought Christian was dead because I went in and he's like, and I said, Christian, Christian, Christian. I think I had to do what's called a, a sternum rub. I had to really, and he, it was like, he's dying. I'm like, I'm getting ready to CPR move and, you know, but he woke up because he was in a deep sleep. Peter gets hit by an angel. Can you imagine waking up to that? Whoa, like you must have been asleep. But I want you guys to turn to John 21. Have a look at this. John 21, 15 to 19 reads this. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you, Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you. Now listen to this. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But listen to this. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands. When you are old. In Acts chapter 12, at the point in history, it's only 42 to 45 AD. He is not yet an old man. But Jesus had said to him, when you are old. Jesus had given him a word. It was up to Peter to hold on to it. Because he lay in that cell asleep, knowing I am not an old man. People do not dress me. Therefore, God will deliver me out of this situation and I'll be able to possess my freedom once more. Jesus had given him a word. A vision cast for the future. It was up to Peter to hold on to it. So this is the question I need you to ask yourself. What word has God spoken to you for your future that you need to hold on to with great faith? That portion of scripture actually goes on to talk about a few other things in regards to Peter's death. But the fact is that in that situation... He was reliant on Christ's word and held on to it in faith. The theme for this year for us is possessing his promises. Do you know that the promises that are in the word of God are God's promises to you? So no matter what the situation is, hold on to it. I declare right now as everyone stands that your dreams will become reality Right now, if there are people in this room and in the past you've had dreams that you have held on to, that you've let go of because of circumstances, maybe because of faith, and you want to believe again and you know that God has called you to believe and you want to believe once more, just raise your hands. Dreams for your children, dreams for your family, dreams for your future. To dream once more. To hold on to God's word. Lord God, I thank you that you have spoke to our pastor and that prophetically we have declared this year will be a year of possessing the promises that you have for our life. And right now, Lord God, at the very start in January, we claim them by faith. Lord God, we have the faith like Peter that despite of the situation, we have the faith and the peace that in due time we will not only take hold of what you have, but that we will use it to bring you honor. We will use it to bring you glory because you are the King of Kings. Just with hands raised right now, just begin to speak out that dream and say, I take hold of it. My children's health, I take hold of it. 
my job situation, I take hold of it in faith, God, have your way. That business idea that didn't take off, God, I take hold of it, it's in you. Lord, we thank you that you are the dream giver. But Lord God, right now we stand here and we declare that we will pursue the giver of the dreams and not the dream itself. Because the end game for us all is relationship with you, is closeness with you, Lord God, is intimacy. And from that place of intimacy, allow us to dream. I believe God is saying to some, your dream's not big enough. Your dream is too small. There is no faith. That will happen. God is saying at a zero to the end, God is saying, make it bigger. God is saying, what I have put on your life is that when you get there, the only way you can get there is by my grace and my will, but not your ability. So dream bigger so that when you get there, you know that it is me. He's here this morning. Right now, let's just worship Him just for a minute. Lord God, we just thank You for our dreams. Just worship Him. Thank You, Lord. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. We praise You, Lord God. We thank You for those dreams. We thank You. I believe that there are others here today, and God is saying to you, those dreams weren't my dreams for you. You need to let them go. Those dreams actually held you back. They actually held you captive. But I want more for you. I want more fruit for your life. You let go of those dreams. Take a hold of what I have for you. Because my future is of hope and is of blessing. Let's continue to worship. Lord God, there is none like you. believe God is saying to someone else in this room, a female, you need to find someone to pray and believe with you. You have done it on your own and God, uh, you know, is, is happy with that, but he's saying find someone where iron sharpens iron, where you can believe, where they can believe with you so that when you cannot carry the faith for yourself, they will be there. He's here today. Worship you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you. I just, uh, as Charles was just ending off there, I just really felt the Holy Spirit say that we need to revisit some of those promises. There are people here today you need to revisit promises of God. And I'd encourage you as your pastor today that have faith in God. Do you know in my Bible, my old Bible, I have scriptures that are very pertinent to my life. And uh, those scriptures have dates next to them. Dates when God spoke to me about his promises. Not all those promises are fulfilled. But I want to encourage you in your private time that as you're reading the Bible and if you feel God is speaking to you out of a particular scripture, mark it down. Put the date next to that scripture. Keep praying over it. Hold on to it and see the faithfulness of God. Why don't we give God a big hand of praise today and thank Him. and Just be seated just for a minute. In a moment, we're going to take up our a tithes and offering, and I'm just wondering if you do need a, a tithe slip. Uh, if you just lift your hand, one of our ushers will come to you very quickly. Just someone down here. Just lift your hand up high really quickly. They'll get to you very quickly. Um, can I also say how proud I am of these four young men? Uh, I'd like you to give them a big hand this morning. And... Um, You know, Christian was one of the first young men that got saved in this church. I'll never forget the morning he was there. And I really felt that uh, somewhere along his journey, 
the, the fact that he'll become a youth pastor. How many of you can see that in him? Now, let me just say this to you. We will never, ever, and I won't apologize, that we will always invest in the future generations. Uh, I don't know what, if you saw what I saw this morning. Uh, they're like pups with big, you know, little pups have got big feet. And that's what I saw. I was looking at them and thinking, look at them. You could see the potential. It is up to us as a church to champion that potential. If you ever see young people get up here, make sure you champion what God has put in them. Do not, under any under any circumstances, discourage that. They're going to make mistakes. They're not going to be as polished as maybe some of those senior people. But I'll tell you what they've got. They've got heart. They've got the Spirit of God. And we keep championing that. Make sure you do that. Christian, we're going to do what Charles says. We're going to stand with you. Make sure that dream gets realized. You've got that on your life. And you keep following that. Sam, unbelievable. And you're not under the shadow of your brother. Way better looking. You wore a jacket this morning. And you've got an incredible heart. I just see with you, stay flexible. Because I think this is what God's going to do with you. I can see you in so many different situations. Because God's going to build a dynamics to be like an all-rounder. You're going to be good at a lot of things um, because of your heart. It's really important. Josh, you are an evangelist, but you're also a discipler. The great thing about you, Josh, is you don't just bring people to the Lord. You have a heart to see them grow. And don't ever forget that. You, you're, it's like a double-edged sword. You're an evangelist, but you're a discipler. And that is amazing. An amazing young man. Ethan? You have got an incredible missions heart, Ethan, and there's a teaching gift on your life that God's going to bring to the forefront, okay? You need to keep doing that. Now, you know, this is very exciting, but we need some girls. We need wives for these guys, you know what I mean? We need to start thinking about the wives. Anne-Marie, thank you. Lara, thank you for all the help that you've done this year, last year. Really appreciate that. And I know we've got some young girls. We need to keep championing this cause. Charles and April, thank you for your you know, pastoral leadership. This is the fruit of your lives and with your team. And we're going to see a lot more of it, which is really, really important. We're never going to stop investing in the generations. Not just this generation, but you might be sitting thinking there, well, does that mean we're old and that's it? No. Every generation is important. There are five generations on the earth and every one of them needs to be invested into. This morning we heard from this generation. We're going to keep championing all of them. Let me just give you some quick announcements and then we're going to close. We're going to take up our offering. Uh, We've just brought out this card. It's called Possessing His Promises. This is the theme for 2016. Last year was Abundant Overflow. We saw that. Next week, I'm going to be talking about this a little bit more. If you are visiting our church, you want to know a little bit more. I really believe that God wants us, this is this year that we, God wants us to possess His promises. They're His promises, not our promises, His promises. Uh, on the back of this card, there are three important meetings. Um, all the meetings are important, but these three we want to just highlight. February the 7th will be the first week that will be in our new building. That will be an exciting day. It's going to be Thanksgiving Sunday. In other words, everything we're going to do that Sunday is to thank God. He's been good to us. And we're going to just spend time. There are going to be different things in the service that we're going to be doing just to concentrate. The first thing we want to do is give God the glory. On Sunday the the 14th, which is the second Sunday, is going to be Dedication Sunday. And we're going to dedicate the different ministries that God has put in this house some of you don't know who, what the different ministries are. It'll be a time of recognizing those ministries, but also dedicating them for the year's service. Then on Sunday, March the 6th, because I don't want this church to become internalized, I don't want us to be inward thinking, our goal, our aim must be to be a church without walls. Our church is our community. It's thousands of people. Somebody, if somebody says to you, how big is your church? Say thousands. 
Because our church is our community. And what we don't want to do is build a church that internalizes and just lives in four walls. Um, so on March the 6th, we're going to have community connection. We're going to invite the people that have helped us build the building. But we're going to talk about what the church will do for the community. How many of you think that's a great idea? And uh, I think that's going to be great. On, um, if you can help us, if we can have those announcements up. As uh, we said earlier, Julie's funeral uh, is going to be on Tuesday the 12th at 11 o'clock. And uh, it's great to have Michael here with his girls. And Michael, we're, we're just we're going to do a mic, what, what Charles said today. We're right with you, praying for you. And, um, you know, I, I just, it was so great to spend two hours with you the other day just talking about Julie's funeral. She's organized it. And uh, she'll be up there, I'm telling you. And uh, she's got so many hymns that we've got to sing. And one of her requests is that we sing them with great passion. I think if that doesn't happen, she'll be sending some angels down, let me tell you. And, uh, but it's going to be a great day, a great day of celebration. And Michael, thank you for your spirit and for your strength. You know, what God's put in you is far greater than you understand. And I think some of those promises that Charles spoke about today are yet to come to fruition. And uh, it's going to be exciting to see what God does in your life and through your life and with your girls. The second thing I just need to mention is that our chairs arrived. On Wednesday, and um, but we need some help. Uh, that what's happening is they're bringing a container, and uh, we have to unload that container. We've got one hour, or else they charge us double the money or something like that. So we need help. Uh, if you can be there at nine o'clock, nine thirty, who could come and help us? Let, give me, give me a hand. Just lift your hand really high. I need at least six, seven, eight people. If you could come, even ladies, this is fantastic. If you see me or Charles. And be there will we'll be one hour's work and we'll be getting it on and getting on with it. Second thing, the next thing, the Australia Day picnic, we've, we've actually felt this year as the church is getting bigger, we actually felt it would be better to have uh, uh, different functions on Australia Day through the connect groups or through your private parties. It's, it's been very hard to find a place uh, as a picnic area. But also because it's a longer, longer weekend, there are going to be quite a few people away. Um, but we just felt to have a bit more intimacy that we want to, to have the Australia Day celebration more in our connect groups and personal uh, times. The fourth thing is a women's event on Saturday, February the 13th. We've got Ruth Swift who's going to come and launch our women's ministry. Uh, she is a great, great speaker. The great thing about Ruth is she's not just a, a speaker. She's a prophetic ministry. She has a great anointing to just prophesy over people. It's going to be a great time of blessing. And so if you would like to come to that, if you see Lisa Tomlinson right at the back, Lisa, just give us a wave. That would be great. Lisa will take your registration and then uh, we'll make sure that we get the information to you. I think that's it. I think that's it. Charles, you did really well this morning. Give him a big hand. Yep. I haven't forgotten that. And we are going to take up our offering. So can I just say this? This morning I just read this thing from um, Stephen uh, Furtick. I don't know if you know. He's a great preacher. He said this, that faith without faithfulness is actually not faith. Faith has to have faithfulness. That's what makes faith. Giving is not just about faith. It's about being faithful to what God wants to do. And Father, this morning as we come, we thank you that you've just not given us faith, but you've given us an example of faithfulness. We thank you that you're faithful to us. As we give today, bless your people. As we bless your kingdom, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. There's a container on this side. If you just pass it down to this end, that'll be great. Why don't you stand to your feet? I want you to give God a big hand of praise today. Would you do that? Just, just praise Him. Thank Him. Now turn to at least four people and say, you know what? You are definitely good looking. And uh, have a great, have a great, great day. God bless you. Go out for lunch. Enjoy the weather. Bless you.